0: Everyone, if you are new to We're All Queens, welcome. I'm Shyla, I am a freshman in high school, and I'm your host. Be sure to check out the first episode of this podcast if you haven't already, which is centering all around the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment. For those who have already listened, welcome back. I put up a poll on our Instagram at we're all queens pod, and you guys actually chose the topic for today. Now you may be wondering, how do Disney princesses relate to this podcast? And yes, we'll talk about social issues and iconic women, but thinking about Disney's effect on young children is also equally important, especially considering how big princesses have been in the past, present, and definitely future. I also thought that this would be such a fun topic to talk about and to listen to. When you think about feminism, Disney is probably the farthest thing from your mind, but it shouldn't be. Growing up, I loved everything about Disney. The first movie I saw in the theater was actually the film Brave. I mean, I did end up crying and begging my dad to take me out of the theater, but I learned to love that movie. For a little girl with that rogue bear and everything, Brave literally terrified me. However, being older, I love so many things about the message that film brings, which I'll definitely touch on later. Today is all about how far the film industry, more specifically Disney, has gotten regarding how they depict young women, which little kids will look up to as their role models. They are who they'll want to dress up as for Halloween. Princesses are the young women they'll watch while they're in the dentist office. These movies are everywhere. We'll take a look at how exactly Disney characterized princesses, and how the plot lines in specific movies were empowering, versus encouraging these characters to be textbook perfect princesses. This has all transformed over the years, so let's get started! Let's begin things by talking a little bit about this era of early princesses. During this time, Disney was focused on delivering these cute, sweet romances, with no goal of empowering the youth in any way. Now, the first princess Disney put out was Snow White in 1937. Her whole deal is that she's very pretty. She has these stunning features. Red lips, black hair, pale skin. I think it's interesting that Disney gives Snow White the lyrics, Someday my prince will come, someday I'll find my love and how thrilling that moment will be when the prince of my dreams comes to me. You'll probably hear me referencing song lyrics at least a couple times this episode. Throughout the movie, Snow White cooks and cleans for the dwarves, and sings about a prince who saves her with a true love's kiss. The weird thing is that I don't think they've even met before, so how can he already love her? I don't know, I haven't seen that movie in ages, so maybe I just don't remember. Please, please DM me if you have an answer. I'd love to know. The second princess in this era was Cinderella. I'm not gonna summarize it because I'm pretty sure most of you have heard the story. Cinderella gets the fairy godmother to save her with a wave of her wand, and she gets to run off with a handsome prince who she dances with, like, once. I guess that's not the best thing kids can be watching. The problem with Cinderella is that she doesn't get an opportunity to save herself, I've noticed. It was the prince and the fairy godmother who truly helped her to be happy. Luckily, the last princess in this era was Aurora. I actually heard somewhere that she has 18 lines and 18 minutes of screen time. I think it's safe to say that she's asleep for practically the whole movie. And of course, she's saved by a prince's kiss, just like Snow White. At this point, Disney had created three princesses with no real aspirations, dreams, or ambitions. Disney came out with a new kind of princess after 30 years, which was Ariel. Instead of the delicate, soft-spoken, romantic girl, she was rebellious, adventurous, and had big dreams. Don't get me wrong, it's completely fine to be the soft-spoken type, but not every little kid is like that. Just as an example, I was pretty quiet and shy when I was little. People would joke and ask if I was named Shyla because I was shy. However, Disney kind of demonstrated that girls can take risks and can be brave, which I loved. But what really gets me is that Ariel saves Prince Eric instead of vice versa. Actually, I think she saves him twice once after his boat catches on fire, and once from Ursula, yeah. Two years later, the company was keeping with this trend and put out Belle. Belle's like this very bright, caring girl who wants more out of her life. And this film has the most important lesson, that inner beauty is what matters. Belle isn't shallow at all. While everyone's falling over their feet for Gaston, She sees past his looks and only finds someone who's arrogant and even aggressive. Now, up to this point, all the princes have been handsome, but the Beast is like this very grotesque guy who Belle ends up falling in love with. I just love everything about what you take away from that movie. It's so important for children to know not to judge others by their looks. We live in such a diverse world today that this is so, so significant. Just a year later after Beauty and the Beast came Aladdin. Jasmine was the first princess of a different race, but the representation wasn't so black and white, and we'll touch on that a little later. What's really neat is that Jasmine absolutely despises princes who are trying too hard with her, and who are coming after her because she's rich and she's beautiful. She wants someone to see her as her. In 1995, Pocahontas sees everything around her as a being, from the mountains, to the animals, to the trees. Her true call is acceptance for her surroundings and for her people. In the song Colors of the Wind, she sings, you think you own whatever land you land on. The earth is just a dead thing you can claim. But I know every rock and tree and creature has a life, has a spirit, has a name. Oh my gosh, after you finish the episode... Look the lyrics up, they are so, so powerful. Okay, so Mulan has always been one of my absolute favorites. She is the definition of a queen. She's a quick thinker, tenacious, and brave. At first, the soldiers grow to admire her, but when they find out she's a woman, their initial response is she's not welcome here anymore. She gains everybody's respect at the end though, basically demonstrating that A female warrior can be just as good or even better as a male warrior. Tiana was the first African-American princess, and she's willing to work extremely hard to achieve her dream, which is to own a restaurant, which, by the way, I think is so unique and amazing for Disney to incorporate. Rapunzel was very driven and determined, and so was Merida. Merida was actually the first Disney princess to not end up with a partner. She's not looking for love whatsoever, basically setting the precedent of princesses not finding a romantic relationship, but creating family bonds instead. Same is true for Frozen, in which Elsa and Anna create a sisterly bond, and Moana, who sustains a deep bond with her grandma. On another note, my sister pointed out that in Frozen 2, Kristoff sings about his princess, while in the first movie Disney released, Snow White sung about her prince. Little things like this are the next steps that I hope Disney will include in future films. These four movies were all in the last decade, so I feel as though Disney has begun to realize all of these characteristics, messages, and morals that they can instill into the younger generation. Princesses have most definitely changed, but I feel that things have improved and the only place that Disney has is to grow. I've been talking a lot about my opinions, but I was curious if anyone out there felt the same way as me. I actually found Sophia's page mistakenly. When I told her what my coming episode was about, she told me that she loves Disney. I'm so glad she asked if she could speak about her thoughts because her insights were amazing and I had so much fun speaking with her. Why don't we hear my conversation with Sophia Cleanthus? You? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. You're from London, right? That's really cool. I've always wanted to go there.
1: Yeah, I, not originally from London, but yes, I uh, live in London.
0: Cool, yeah. So why don't you introduce yourself and a little bit about your page?
1: Sure, so I'm uh, Sophia Cleanthus. Um, my page is called The Chronic Campaigner, which I came up with because I have a load of chronic illnesses, but I also campaign all the time, so it seemed like it was a good fit. Um, I started my page back in June this year, um, and I didn't have really any, any like kind of Instagram history or anything. So I had no idea what I was really doing. And I started it because I came up with a campaign called ableism and me, which is about highlighting the everyday ableism that disabled people face. And so I decided um, once I had our first meeting, everyone was on Instagram. So I decided to join Instagram. And since then I've been using it to talk about disability issues, human rights issues um, and things that I care about um, and particularly on body image and things like that
0: that's awesome yeah so the topic of the episode is all about Disney princesses and characters Mm -hmm. who was your favorite Disney character growing up and why
1: um I had quite a number of them uh but I would say probably my favorite um was Pocahontas um, mm-hmm. and maybe two actually, so Pocahontas and Mulan. Pocahontas because she was um, she was kind of a social justice warrior. Um, she did all of these campaigns without actually being a campaigner. She cared about the environment. She wanted to improve the world. She saw people as people and not as objects. Um, and she really understood the world she lived in despite being someone who had never left her country. Um, I think that really was quite uh, amazing to sort of see a, a woman educating a man, um, particularly in the song Colours of the Wind, where she talks about, you know, you think people are all the same. You think that the only people are the people that look like you, this kind of rhetoric. And that's something that really resonated with me as I grew up um, and how I kind of, I guess, how I, how I kind of came to think as an adult Um and how my kind of human rights stuff has kind of developed. And then with Mulan, it was more about the fact that she was very strong. Um, she was not just not just as a warrior, but also as a woman. And she was one of the first times that I'd actually seen a female character not obsessed with a man. Later on, obviously she falls in love, but at the beginning her core kind of arc to her character is to protect her family, is her compassion. And the fact that potentially she doesn't know who she is and, as a young girl growing up, um having been bullied a lot and felt like I didn't really fit into the world, this really resonated with me, and so those two would probably be my choices.
0: yeah, definitely, like Mulan she was just trying to bring honor to her family. That's why she went to the matchmaker and everything absolutely yeah. and then really like, admirable how she really respected Pocahontas, like the world and the nature around her. Mm. I really like that movie too. Also, what I'm talking about this episode is how princesses have transformed over the years. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think it's really interesting because we've gone from a point where a Disney princess was seen to be someone who was delicate, dainty, she was always the one that was the um, kind of damsel in distress. And we've right. started started to change the narrative around women that have their own, um, voice that have their own um, thoughts and feelings and actually have a um, a life outside a man or a life outside a relationship and I think a really good example of that is um, Entangled, Rapunzel, because she in historically, well, historically but in the original kind of um, fairy tale it's a lot more gruesome and they did kind of pick up on a little bit of that Entangled but it It's all about, you know, she she's waiting to be saved and she wants to be saved and really uh, Rapunzel saves herself. She does get support from Finn. but But there's this element that she she wants to know what's beyond her like small little world. And she is constantly striving to be better, even though she has such a small kind of universe among her and i think what's really interesting about her character is that even though later on she falls in love and she she finds someone that she really she you know she's drawn to and someone who's opened her world she doesn't need him she doesn't need that at the very beginning at the very beginning it's all about finding the stars finding the lights finding out her purpose and i think that was really interesting the way that disney did that whereas you compare it to say cinderella whose whole world is about going to the ball getting dressed up um you know, being treated terribly by her by her stepsisters, but almost she, her character is always about the ball, the prince, mm-hmm. the relationship. Yeah,
0: definitely. And so, like,
1: yeah, and so whereas you have someone like, say, a Moana, whose whole story has nothing to do with a man, it has something to do with her friend, um, who you know takes her on this journey, who happens to be a man, but it's all about her journey of find, discovering who her family were um like her roots and her love for something other than than something that is that is actually a physical person. She loves the water, she loves um you know how she how she feels in in her um in her village, but she wants more she wants to open up that world. And I think if you go from Ariel, who was wanted, a, wanted a new world, was open to all of that. And then it end, kind of ended with a man. Whereas Moana wanted to explore the world, continue to explore the world, you know, be a good warrior, but also be true to what she wants. Um, it didn't end with a man and it didn't end with that. So I think Disney have slowly progressed as we've gotten older.
0: I definitely think it's really cool that Moana doesn't end up with a partner you can have bigger dreams. You know? Absolutely. And
1: her, her strongest ally and her biggest relationship in the movie is probably, apart from, um, I can't remember his name, character. Um, yeah. It's probably her Shelly. grandma. Yeah, Maui, it's probably her grandma. And it's really amazing to see two women um, giving so much positive and beautiful um, support to each other and supporting each other through what she wants to do because her family you know they don't want her to go to the water because they're scared because they've had a history that she isn't aware of at the beginning but her grandmother is like her constant um kind of pillar of hope and happiness and I think that's really beautiful that they explore that so well
0: exactly also with Brave Mm -hmm. Merida she's not interested in getting married but it's the whole movie is about mending the relationship she has with her mother so that's
1: really which I think is really interesting because either a lot of female characters are catty with other women and with Merida it's not that she's catty she has a very real relationship with her mum like a relationship where it's a bit fraught she doesn't always agree they don't always agree with each other as she's growing up her you know her priorities are changing she's not as focused on, you know, the thing that her mum wants her to do, and I think that's, that was a really honest portrayal of a mother and daughter relationship that Disney wouldn't have gone near back in the 80s or the 90s.
0: Exactly, it's very real, it feels real. Thank you so much for coming, you're a really good speaker, (laughs) and definitely check out her page at The Chronic Campaigner. You sang reflections right and you posted I did recently
1: yeah um I posted about how kind of it sort of helped me sort of overcome the loneliness I felt as a child so yeah that was that was quite a personal post for me yeah but that was one of my a couple of recent posts so about three posts out from my in my Instagram
0: yeah really amazing so (laughs) definitely check her out thank you so much for coming on
1: thank you so much it was really great to great to talk to you and like um I think we've had a couple of conversations so it's really great to talk to you Shyla.
0: talking with Sophia. The other guest I've invited is my close friend Saisha. Sai is practically the older sister I've never had, and she is so, so sweet. Saisha also has a podcast called Brown Girls Rising. It's a podcast dedicated to making brown girls feel heard. Definitely check her out and follow her Instagram, which I will link in the description along with Sophia's page. I asked Saisha to come on today because her pod strives to celebrate and represent South Asian girls. So, who better to speak on the representation of princesses? I had asked her to speak about her thoughts on Aladdin and a specific issue revolving around that movie, and she did. So let's hear her thoughts.
2: Hi guys, my name is Saisha from Brown Girls Rising. I'm excited to come on to Shiloh's podcast today to talk about Disney princesses and the representation in Disney, or the lack thereof. In general, most kids grow up watching Disney movies and looking up and idolizing the characters. My favorite Disney princess growing up was Sleeping Beauty. Now, nowadays, when I realize and go back and look at it, Sleeping Beauty and Aurora was definitely um, an example of, you know, female, like... misogyny and going looking down on females there was not very much female empowerment in that movie sleeping beauty herself only appears for 18 minutes of the film and only has 18 lines despite being the main character of course, this movie was made in 1959 and the world and Disney industry has made a lot of progress since, but um, it definitely is an example of how when I was little, um, something that I was really seeing on my TV and through the princesses who I was looking up to and watching was the concept of the fact that they were, um, you know, just used to have a prince when they were older and got to live and have a happily ever after. Um, I did really want to talk about Jasmine and Aladdin because, um, as you might know, my podcast, Brown Girls Rising, is to empower South Asian creators and South Asian girls and empower us and make our stories heard, and that's something that Jasmine and Aladdin really sort of lacks to do. Because a lot of times, you know, growing up, when people ask me what my favorite Disney princess is, they expect me to say Jasmine. It is Milan, by the way. I love Milan. um but Jasmine is, you might know, she's an Arabic princess. A lot of the time, she's confused and thought to be an Indian princess, which is, um, could be a fair assumption to make, because it does seem like the creators of the movie did not know exactly where Agaraba was, and even though it's supposed to be Middle Eastern, and a lot of the references are middle more Middle Eastern, there are some more Indian and South Asian references that um could definitely could be confusing. For example, her um tiger's name is Raja. Raja means king in Hindi, and so that's definitely not an Arabic reference. And also the house where she lives, especially in the animated film, looks a lot similar to the Taj Mahal, which is, um you know, in India and is one of the Seven Wonders of the World, and that is not a Middle Eastern reference as well. At the same time, they did have a lot of Arabic references like Aladdin, Ali, Jafar. These are all Arabic names and references. But Jasmine in general is definitely a Middle Eastern princess. I did want to bring attention to um, a TikTok creator. His name is at Brayden.O'Brien. That is at B-R-A-E-D-E-N dot o-b-r-i-e-n he does a lot of artistry and represent drawings where he represents a lot of different disney princesses like with different disabilities different races different cultures he did an actual indian princess who looks a, a super beautiful and um i wish i could like you know show you guys but you should definitely go look him up and look his look at his one Sorry, I got cut off there, but um, I was just saying how there was also another Disney princess, Moana, who I really love because she is basically she just goes off and does her thing by herself there's not really a man she relies on i don't think there's even a man in that movie which is um definitely shows female empowerment and i think that disney in general could do a better job in the future about including all these different cultures and showing this representation considering the vast majority of kids who watch it and learn from it and idolize the characters thank you so much Shyla, for having me on we're all queens and i everyone go follow her instagram page go show her love and i hope you guys enjoyed listening today i'm again saisha gupta from brown girls rising and thank you and i'll see you soon
0: i am so glad you touched on the misinterpretation of arab culture this is so relatable With much of my family being Indian, people were always surprised to hear that Jasmine isn't one of my favorite princesses. Honestly, my all-time favorites are Rapunzel and Mulan. I love Jasmine, but Disney really marginalized ethnic groups into one category. Like you said, the name Raja and the architecture are influences from India, and I really feel as though Disney should have kept the two cultures separate. Disney has such a huge influence on how young kids see the world that blending ethnic groups can blind their perceptions and their views. To add to what Saisha was saying, Jasmine was voiced by a white woman who wasn't from the Middle East whatsoever. I wish Disney had pushed to cast an Arabian woman for an Arabian princess. It was a decent attempt at inclusion, but it's so important to accurately depict the place and people that you're talking about. And with that to think of, this wraps up our second episode. Thank you so, so much for supporting this podcast. If you know me at all, you'll know that I am very open to any feedback, so definitely message me on Instagram at we're all queens pod to let me know what you thought. I loved thinking about the princesses I grew up watching, and I hope you loved it as much as I did. Be sure to follow or subscribe from wherever you are tuning in, And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a quick review and make my day. Quick reminder, new episodes come out every other Monday, so I'll see y'all on the 5th of October.